The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their coats on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him And that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth and Galilee. Then Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who were selling and buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he cured them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the amazing things that he did and heard the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They became angry and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise for yourself. He left them, went out of the city to Bethany, and spent the night there. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, as you know, today is Palm Sunday. For some churches, though, this is also considered to be Passion Sunday, where you hear the entire account of Jesus's trial, crucifixion, and death. Now, you didn't get that today, and it's an important part of the story to hear about Jesus's death and crucifixion, but it's also important to hear this part of the story, the Palm Sunday part of the story. So the Passion Narrative will stand alone on Good Friday. And I encourage you to participate in that service on Friday because it is an important part of the story and it deserves its own solemn space. The reason why Palm Sunday often gets turned into Passion Sunday is very simple. They don't expect you to come back on Good Friday. The story of Good Friday is important, as I've already said, but if we assume that you're not going to come back on Friday, then you need to hear Friday today, this Sunday, before Easter, so that you don't miss it. Do you see how that's lowering the bar? Lowering the expectations that are placed on you? Adapting the story's timeline to fit your schedule? I'll be completely honest. I'm not a fan of that. 
If Jesus died on the cross for the sake of the world and we want to be Jesus's followers, then one day a year we can come to church on a Friday. Regardless, this is Palm Sunday and we need to make sense of today's part of the story. Today, we remember Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and the people waving palm branches and putting their clothes on the ground. But why? What is the point of all those details? What is symbolically happening in that scene? I'd like to explain with some pictures. For example, when you see this image, what would you say is happening? It's a presidential motorcade. That's correct. You've probably seen this many times for many different presidents. It's easy to identify what this is when you see this image. You know what it means. Someone important with a lot of power is being transported, right? Now, if we took that image, translated it into ancient Rome, it would look like this. It has a similar connotation. This was known as a Roman triumph. It was part civil ceremony, part religious ritual. When generals would return from battle, they would be celebrated with a grand procession, crowned with laurels and riding a chariot with massive war horses. They would be carrying the spoils of their victories, perhaps even captured enemies. And they would process to the imperial temple and offer sacrifices to dedicate the victory to their deity. Now, take the image of the Roman triumph and lay it against the image of the gospel for today. A donkey would have been what royalty rode when they showed up in peace. The Roman military would have arrived on horses. Horses are tall. Horses are strong. Horses are fast. Donkeys are short, kind of awkward to ride. Now, maybe some in the crowd hoped that their savior would arrive in Jerusalem on a horse, a powerful animal ready to take on the people occupying their land. But Jesus does the opposite. Jesus enters Jerusalem on a poor person's working animal. Jesus, who was born amongst barn animals, now makes his final entry on a barn animal. Jesus enters Jerusalem not the way of a Roman triumph. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Jesus comes in humility. And his entrance is a critique to the ways of violence and empire that everyone was used to seeing. You could say that Jesus' entry is almost a parody or even a lampoon of the Roman triumph. And another interesting thing to notice is what the people shout when Jesus arrives. They say, Hosanna. Hosanna is a Hebrew word that can be translated as Lord, save us, or Lord, rescue us. And notice what they call Jesus, son of David. 
They were longing for the former days when the kingdom of Israel was united. They wanted someone like David who would slay the giants threatening them from outside. Here's the point. The saving and the rescuing that the people were crying out for was not about the spiritual condition of their souls. It was a cry for rescue from the oppressive occupation of an empire. Now, you may not be under the foot of an oppressive empire, which is debatable. However, you can relate that at some point in your life, you need someone to save you, to rescue you from the conditions of your life that you find yourself in. All of this explains and sets up what happens next in the story. In the Roman Empire, Caesar is your savior and Lord, not the son of David, not Jesus. Caesar is the one who has purchased your freedom and given you the good things in life. And Jesus mocked the imperial parade and people are looking to him to free them from their domination. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus also turns to the temple and the religious leaders who were in cahoots with Rome. His critique of the temple authorities was this. You're using this place more for fundraising than for prayer. That should make us stop and think. What would Jesus flip over if he were here today? These are the first dominoes to fall that set in motion Good Friday. People like to say that the Gospels aren't political, but Jesus' actions claim otherwise. Jesus' entry throws the whole city into turmoil. He has upset the wrong people, and they are now going to make an example out of him. Jesus will become like everyone else who tried to challenge Rome or those with authority. But Jesus has a different motivation. Notice what happens after he clears the temple. People who were blind or disabled came to him and he cured them. The children were shouting out their praise. Jesus has come to serve, to heal, and to make space for those who are marginalized and discarded by society. Jesus' motivation is love for you, for the whole world. Jesus' love is about to change the whole world, and he's willing to go to the cross to do it. Amen.